Hey, what's up? It's Nicole Brewster, also known as Coco. Thank you for tapping into the Elevate Him podcast, where we have tons of topics on how to support our men. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Nicole Brewster here, also known as Coco. Thanks for tapping into the Elevate Him podcast. We got a lot of things going on tonight, a lot of conversation. Tonight's guest is Oz Johnson, and we were going to have another guest with us because we just had like this major flow, and I got a chance to meet her as well, um, Sherry. I don't remember her last name. Perryman. Perryman. Um, so she was going to be here tonight, but she's not feeling well, you know. So we are going to just um, hope when she feels better, she gets on here with us and we have a good conversation with her as well. She's very informative and it was just really cool to meet her. So it'll be really awesome to have her join. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different tonight because as I was just super focused over the weekend, um, it just kind of dawned on me that there's this saying that a lot of us know numbers don't lie. Right. So we know numbers don't lie. They do change, but they don't lie. And so for me, I'm kind of like the person that I want to do my research. Um, I love the fact that we can have conversations and they're very um, just open and we can just, you know, share our own opinions. But at the end of the day, I think we need a little bit of facts here. So then we have the numbers to kind of generate more of our conversation. So tonight I want to kind of bring that up that we have some... um, some actual statistics here. So just real quick, I'm going to go over just a few of the stats and which is crazy. These are all geared around men. So if men may not even know that these numbers exist, which is kind of crazy, right? But they're going to know today. Mm -hmm. Um, So starting off, um, one of my biggest things, as you guys know, is suicide. I am a suicide prevention advocate. Um, I host a suicide bereavement support group. I'm on the Suicide Prevention Council of Washington County. Um, I I just want to know as much as I possibly can because Elevate Him really wants to tap into that and eliminate suicide in men across the whole nation. Like just this week, I don't know if you saw any of my posts on any of my social media, but just this week there was three actors, or excuse me, there was two actors, Regina King and um, another guy named Michael something, and then Chris Daughtry from like the American Idol, his stepdaughter. They were the ages of 26 and 25. Two, two of the men were 26, and they died from suicide this last week. And it was just like... That's just what we know in the in the celebrity limelight, right? right. That's just three in a week. Um, doesn't seem like a lot, but just imagine what goes on in a day across the country, friends, family, coworkers. It's big numbers. So I'm going to just read off a couple things here. So 76% of suicides are men, which is four out of five deaths. 85 are, um, excuse me, 85% of homeless Um, are men, 9% are veterans, 70% homicide victims are men, 64% of men serve longer sentences than women, even if the same crime exists. Mm -hmm. Um, Men are three times more likely to be imprisoned than a woman committing the same crime. Mm -hmm. Men are viewed as weak when expressing emotions or traumas. Men die six years younger than women. 
78% of men serve in the active military. 95% of work deaths are men. 73% um, of men misuse drugs and alcohol. 16%, now this is kind of a low one, and it's not really a negative. The 16% of men will win custody of their children. So very interesting that's like all these, you know, bad things and the one good thing that they got going for them getting the kids, 16%. Wow. Um, one out of every six men are sexually abused. One out of four men have been physically abused or stalked by an intimate partner. Mm. Male youth dropouts are three times higher than girls. So that's just a few things that I was just digging up because I had to put together for my business, you know, a business plan to really promote what my goals are short term, long term, you know, what, what ideas I have moving forward with the business, how I can grow as a business, um, you know, and just like our mission and vision and what we're out here trying to do and impact. Those were just, those were just like minor, like little things that I just dug up. Little things. So, but, you know, I'm me. saying like, yeah. just, it was just crazy that that was just men alone um, and what's really baffling is that when I share about Elevate Him, mm-hmm. people are like, wow, that's so cool. Like, it's so needed. And it's like, these numbers have been a- around way longer than Elevate Him. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's sad that nothing like this has been done. It's sad to know that the resources have been limited to men. Um, a lot of women have acknowledged that there's not as much out there for men specifically. Now you can go to a, a DHS office or you can go to, you know, some type of family, you know, assistance program. That's for both. Right. But to have something specifically for men, for mental health, economic stability, all that stuff, it's not there. They have to try to dig for it. So Why? Why do you think that is? Man. I'm just curious. Why I know you have an inkling of an idea being that you, you know, got this this organization up and running. So why do you think that is? I'm just curious. I have a lot of Theories. you know, reasons because I feel like there is a system that was designed hmm. and the way that they have it designed is not so much to have men fail, but there's such an expectation mm-hmm. that men should be a certain thing. They should have certain things. They should be at a certain place. Um, and so a lot of people would kind of generate and say, well, Men are good. They don't got no worries. They're strong. They're tough. They get through it. You know, yeah. they bounce back, whatever. And we and because you guys don't share as much information, it's really hard to work with that. So if you're not saying that, then nothing's going to get done. That is correct. I don't think that a lot of men feel comfortable saying things, you know, speaking their emotions, talking about them or anything like that, just because... You know, society says if you share your emotions as a man, mm-hmm. you're deemed weak. Mm-hmm. You're lesser than a man, you know. But we're in 2022. Yeah. But Do those... you think we can really open that can and really start to see some change? Because a lot of men, we got podcasts, we got right. social media, right. we got different platforms that mm-hmm. we all use. And I see men all day long showing their workout videos, mm-hmm. doing, you know, Instagram, you know, videos. Uh, you got men who are on there talking about relationships. Men are doing podcasts. Like, so there's a lot of, you know, ability to really start opening up so we can provide 
what you need. So I think what needs to happen is we just got to listen to the conversations that men are having. Mm -hmm. We got to be present in that. But really quick, I also want to introduce you, (laughs) you know, so we need to know who you are. We need to know your background and what brings you here. And I'm just, I'm very thankful that you are here because we, we got a chance to meet through another amazing nonprofit or actually I think they're profit, but we got together with a group of different people, business and nonprofit and we came across each other there and it was just like awesome conversation we just totally clicked um and i love what you're doing so if you wouldn't mind sharing with the guests what you who you are sure my name is Odds johnson um and i am the operations manager of miracles club i do a variety of different things um, i just recently got with the miracles club about maybe eight months ago uh, before then, I was working for uh, Central City Concern, um, Golden West uh, HRR program, Housing Rapid Respawn. Um, and what I was doing there, um, and it's kind of like what I'm doing here, except just a little bit different. And I'll get into the details of that. But what I was doing at the HRR program was um, getting individuals off the street that were struggling with chronic homelessness, mm-hmm. uh, addiction and criminality, things of that nature, and trying to reinstill and reinvest in those individuals, letting them know that they are somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people that are sleeping in doorways and people would just walk by them, um, yeah. you know, because of the way that they're looking, their unfortunate situations. So mm-hmm. we would kind of let them know that they're just as human mm-hmm. as we are and more human than some of us in suits, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now for the current uh, company that I, represent which is the miracles club i am um, i wear a lot of different hats one of the hats i wear is i am a supervisor over uh, some of the mentors there um, who's, who deal with people that are struggling with addiction mm. uh, we have a recovery house uh, and it houses eight men and one house manager um, i think march 1st we'll have the same mm. for women and that'll be six yeah. women um and these are, they need to be grounded in their recovery. We don't just kick you out if you make a mistake. Um, but if you're actively engaged in recovery, mm-hmm. we support you all the way around. Um, the services that we provide, you know, getting like if you don't have a birth certificate or maybe ID, we help you out with that. Mm-hmm. We help you get grounded with a job. Um, you know, just kind of get on your feet. Mm-hmm. It's rent free. Um, we want to do that. It's a nonprofit organization. And it's one of the most, the most awesome organizations that I've ever worked for. Awesome. Um, it's culture specific, mm-hmm. um, but all the services aren't delegated to culture specific ordeals. You know, we got uh, various different nationalities come in during the meetings. We have a meeting every day from 12 o'clock to 1.30 mm-hmm. uh, every day, Monday, Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday, okay. all the way through every day and uh just try to help people stay mm-hmm. focused and actively yeah. chase their recovery like they once did their addiction mm-hmm. so perfect that's basically what we stand for there awesome um just to shed a little bit of light on where i come from because mm. uh, it would seem like somebody in the position i'm i'm, I'm currently in it's like you know it is what it is. You know, he, he went to school. He did this. I right. went to school. All right. School hard knocks. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, if y'all familiar with that term field trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I took a field trip, 16 and a half year field trip. I went in and into the penitentiary setting when I was 22 years old, uh, 1995, got out at 38 in 2012. 
May 1st. I, I got that date, you know, verbatim. Right, that's I, locked in. Yeah. Um, initially, I was supposed to do 44 to 20, 2044, I think, on parole after they released me after doing 16 and a half. Wow. Um, but they chopped it down to 2026, which means what? Then I'm still, you know, inactively mm-hmm. on parole. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sky's the limit. People say what they can't do, but you don't know what you can't do unless you continue to, to try to be better. Right. Um, so, you know, just let's, that's just a little history of mm-hmm. me. You know, I don't mm-hmm. come from no squeaky background where everything was prestige, you know, right. from the gutter. So, right. so being that you have that background, mm-hmm. you are very informative. You have a lot of insight, the mm-hmm. do's, the don'ts mm-hmm. you've learned. Um, did that kind of trigger you into doing what you did, what you do now to actively help people? Like, did, or has that just always been something in your nature um, from jump, but now that you've experienced a little bit of toughness and you went through that, mm-hmm. is that what kind of brought you to helping community service, volunteering, like being available to the community now? Partially responsible for it. Um, even before, you know, I tapped all the way into uh, the lifestyles that wasn't conducive to my growth and development in a positive light, mm-hmm. uh, I still was going out on a limb to try to help people uh, to the best of my knowledge. Um, but once I you know, gained a little bit more insight on what it, what direction I wanted my life to take. Uh, I started investing a little bit more in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what sent me all the way over the hill to have both feet on one side of the fence in a positive light mm-hmm. uh, was six months after I got released, I had lost my oldest son. Mm-hmm. Um, once I did that, I lost him to drugs and to the gang life. Mm-hmm. Once I did that, uh, you know, I had a decision to make. Right. I had people calling my my folks from the penitentiary, you know, tell them to write me, tell them to get a hold of my counselor. I know he's on he's on his way back fast track. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had my sense of direction pegged for me. Right. Once I started hearing that, you know, deny defeat at all costs. I started adopting and gravitating more towards, you know, what could I do to reverse my feelings? You know, I had a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Do I avenge his death? Right. Or do I, you know, help try change, to prevent people it. yeah help try to prevent people and people's parents from feeling the way that I felt mm-hmm. about my child and theirs right. I could have easily said you know mm-hmm. and now don't get it twisted you know right. for three weeks I was I was on the fence I was on the fence of allowing myself to be fast-tracked back to a situation that I fought so hard to get out of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but God yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, he speaks to messengers. He sent so many people to me and, and uh, you know, a, a sense of direction started to manage, manifest itself in my life. And I was like, you know what, let me let me just sit back and regroup. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't sleep for a few days more than that. But, you know, uh, but when I did finally sleep and woke up, you know, I kept mm-hmm. telling myself nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. And I only dreamed I could only dream during my, my part of incarceration to get out here and do something positive for people. Right. Uh, but I wasn't acting on it. So I guess that was God's way of saying had an opportunity, right? Yeah, move now. Mm-hmm. So that's what pushed me into the duties of wanting to be of service to other individuals. Right. And I think for even like my situation, when, you know, I've talked about this several times on the podcast, on my social media, there's a level of, um, 
you know, pain mm. that we go through. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, everybody's situation's different. I have never experienced, you know, that close of a person in my life. My brother and I were like the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. um, we were very close and to lose him to suicide, I don't have closure. Mm -hmm. And so I could have went down a rabbit hole myself emotionally. I could have taken myself out because of the pain. I could have, you know, got into drugs and alcohol to numb myself. All these things that were negative could have, you know, came to me. And, you know, I did have some depression there for a while, of course. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was hard. It was mm -hmm. hard to understand why would somebody do that? He was so this, he was so that, he was so great to be around and all these positive things. And I didn't see it, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, you know, he never wrote to me like he wrote to everybody else, mm -hmm. but he was angry at everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if maybe... You know, I think my heart just wants to be like, all right, if he would have wrote you, he wouldn't have done it, you know, and he, you know, so I'm trying to like find the, the reason behind everything. But what I'm about to say is like that pain, you have to figure out the power in that mm -hmm. and you have to fight through that. You have to heal through that. So again, I always use the term, turn my power into pain. That's right. Um, and that's what helped me, even when I was writing down the ideas of elevate him. It wasn't supposed to be suits. It was supposed to be just all types of clothes. Mm -hmm. But then I had to start narrowing down that dream. I had to start narrowing it down because I wanted to start it now. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be just hokey pokey. I wanted it to be specifically to help men feel confident because the mm -hmm. confidence is a huge factor in our mental and so on and so forth. So again, we have to go through some of those things and, and it does, it does amazing things. It's like the tragedies, that we go through really turn into to something beautiful. Yeah. That, so I appreciate you not going down that path, you know, correcting yourself, catching it soon. Mm -hmm. Even though you're hurting, you still probably hurt. It's never going to go away. Um, but, you know, we right now have a crisis in our own town. Like this is Portland, Oregon, and everybody knows that is correct. right now things are going a little crazy in the street with these kids. And it's sad because it's like, it's one thing and another thing and another thing and retaliation, retaliation and everything's are just happening. And these are parents who are losing them, burying their babies. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think, you know, I know it's going to be like a very broad, you know, answer, but what do you think that we can start kind of enabling and kind of pulling um, together so we can, you know, work this situation out with the kids? Well, one thing that I think is extremely important, uh, you have a lot of the fathers that have been stole from the environment. Um, this is not just mm -hmm. due to gentrification, but I mean, you know, whatever hardship they experienced, they weren't knowledgeable enough or didn't have the tools to be able to deal with it in an appropriate manner. Mm -hmm. So one thing I think that's important for everybody to pay attention to is to connect or reconnect, reunite the children with their fathers. Mm. Beautiful. Even even if their mm -hmm. fathers are in the penitentiary, yep. figure out a way. Not one time did my children, nobody brought my children to see me, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure my mom would if my, you know. If, ex, if it was given, yeah. right, yeah. it would have been there. If the opportunity existed, uh, that didn't happen. Okay. Um, and that's what I fought so hard to get out here to is my mm -hmm. children so I could finally have a part of their, you know, growing, their, their childhood rearing. Right. Um, I didn't have that. I know that fathers, because I, I was one of them in that situation, 
if we would have gotten, if I would have gotten a visit from my, my children, you know, I wouldn't have went in there as bitter. I would have fought harder to get out sooner. I would have been more level-headed because I know that my son knows me, my daughter knows me, you know, right. things of that nature. Right. So I think the children feel that pain too, and people push their pain aside just to mm. focus on personal prosperity. Mm. What, what, what do you think the children want? What do you think that they that they're deprived of, that there has to be some type of void in their life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of it. Oh, for sure. And you, and when you look at even, I mean, you're right on with the whole father situation, because I know so many times I've had conversations with many of different people mm -hmm. and it always kind of goes back into that. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, it happens for various reasons. Maybe there's an angry, you know, mom, mm -hmm. you know, the family's not supportive, you know, whatever. And so what happens is a lot of men who really are wanting to be good fathers, they're not allowed that opportunity. That is correct. And then it's like, where do you put the, where do you put the bridge together to make that to work? Because these kids are growing up thinking, oh, my dad didn't care. He didn't love me. Blah, blah. Right. So guess what? I'm going to find the next thing that's going to love me, that's going to take me in, that's going to lock me down, that's going to have my back, all these things. And it's the streets because the streets are now promising the same mm -hmm. type of dream that you should be getting from your parents. Yeah, that it just doesn't work because of your homeboys are in a like situation. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking you're getting that love from them, but their father's locked up or, right. or deceased from gang violence or whatever has transpired. It's not in their lives, actively engaged or involved. Maybe drugs took a hold of him. He's imprisoned by his, his vices or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so you, these, these homeboys of yours, they coming up and they, they pressing up on you, man, I got your back. Yeah, they, they doing something that, you know, maybe you would like to your father to do with you but different scenario and you won't right. you don't want them out there shoot with you you know right, other people, right. but you want them to spend you bonding you're bonding. bonding you're having time together you got each other right i'm right. looking after you like that right. type of stuff and i right. know you you'll have my back because i right. got yours uh you need a kick i got you it doesn't matter what that lifestyle produced how, how they came about the right. money how they came about the what they now know is to be love normalizing the bs you know what i mean mm -hmm. but i think you know, if you plant a strong enough seed in some of the minds of these younger leaders, our younger generation, I think that it could spread like wildfire, like everything else. There's a lot of advertisement for BS. So if we advertise right. positivity, glorify positivity as much as we do negativity, mm -hmm. I think we have a fighting chance on reversing the curse. Mm -hmm. You know, we may have not started this, uh, but we don't have to wear those suits of being, you know, gravitating toward idiocy or gravitating toward, you know, negative things or, right. and, and then say, you know, this is the going way. If you're not like this, then you're just shunned. Mm -hmm. You're, you're frowned down upon. We yes, don't but there's a lot of that influence. And so it's hard to get away from that. I mean, look at the music culture, yeah. look at, you know, what's cool. Yeah. I mean, I literally have this conversation with myself. And I think actually you and I had the conversation too because I was so frustrated. I'm like, I don't get it. How can a stranger completely love me, give me pop, you know, props and be like, you're doing a right. great job. Right. But people that I would expect to be in my corner, they know where to be found. And so it's almost like that being said, there's a little bit of truth when it comes to how do we, you know, unlock 
the things that are going on in social media and culture because if that's considered cool and trendy people want what's cool and trendy and that doesn't seem like what we're doing is cool and trendy well how do you think those things came about you just said it you know mainstream media different forms like even in movies uh, yeah. rap videos not just rap videos i don't want to frown down on because there's a lot of great there's rap really, artists yeah. that are conscious talent. aware right. lots of talent right so let's just go to talent but the message has got to be different the message has so you what you what i would do and what i'm currently in the process of doing exactly us being here is, mm -hmm. is doing it you have to be appealing to them you have to be just as luring as the negativity so you use their platform you use their platform and you. I'm going to pull a you on you. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. And, 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 you know, if you if you want something to change, especially the ones that have done with negativity and they feel like they're trapped by the curse. Mm -hmm. And they like, you know, if they, if they ask somebody to change, if they were to ask me, you know, if I'm mirroring their actions, why are you like that? I would just simply tell them if you change you, you've changed me. So I feel like the older ones, you can't continue to cater to ill mannerisms because there's always somebody watching. The eyes are never full of seeing, so the hands are never full of wanting. They want what they see. And if all that's being advertised is gold spinners and gold right, chains right. and gold teeth mm -hmm. and, and the way you Bling, disrespect, yeah, right, yeah, being disrespectful, um, yeah. you know, that's what you're going to gravitate towards. That People think that that's the way to normalize negativity mm -hmm. and they gravitate towards it. What if we were just as strong, if not stronger, displaying acts of positivity and having the same amount of fun, catching the same type of highs, but you can remember it because mm -hmm. it's naturally right. it's instilled, nice. yeah, naturally. you know, naturally bestowed unto us. What if we were able to tap in? Because guess what? We can. Mm -hmm. We have. I have since I've been out here and, and been an instrumental piece, allowing myself to be a vessel that God to work to. Mm -hmm. However, you recognize God. Right. You know, I, I spread that message, you know, um, and I don't bump you over the head, you know, thump you over the head with no Bible or nothing like right. that. But just being good natured and and welcoming and, and, and you don't have to worry about me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Shooting you in your face when you right. walk by or me mugging you, making right. you feel uncomfortable. I remained approachable. Right. What if we just start mirroring how they get down except for the positive spectrum mm -hmm. of it? You no, know, that's brilliant. I mean, you have to because these these kids, I you know, and you don't know how they live mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on behind closed doors mm -hmm. you don't know what they face you know i think even just i remember you know just being a kid i think we all can relate you know there's a lot of just emotional you don't know where you fit in you don't even know right. who your friends are one right. minute you're cool with somebody the next minute they hate you like you might be you know thinking that you got a relationship and then right. that's you know off and on i mean there's a lot of just just emotional chaos and so when you start to implement those like you said those negative things and mm -hmm and this lifestyle mm -hmm. that you think you can have by doing all these negative things, mm -hmm. um, it's it's not a good look. And I think if we could get together with parents and people and in the community and say, hey, we gotta, we gotta kinda mold this a little differently, let's start doing something positive, um, the kids could come around. What would you say to, you know, cause kinda going back to the, the men not being involved, um, what about the ones that just choose not to be involved? Well, there's a reason they gravitate towards it. Choice, you, you're right, it's a decision. There's a reason why they're choosing to or not to do something. Right. When we you're all running, got choices. When you're running from something, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. You're running to something. Why are you running from it? I think there's not a lot of people that sits 
groups of, of our youngsters down, the younger generations down, and ask them, you know, in a group, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. Exercise the five whys with them. They'll start talking about what you mean. Be like, <laughs> why is it hard for you to answer that question? And then they feel, okay, test my manhood. Let me just give them this answer. Mm. You know, start scratching the surface. I think people fear asking certain questions because the people asking the questions are partially responsible. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I've actually heard this recently where, you know, and this, I mean, this can be mom, dad, or whoever. I think as a parent, you know, there's no manual, right? Right. You right. don't know. You're just going with it. You're doing what you were taught, maybe what right. works, you know. Um, and all these kids are different. Like, right. I know I can tell you right now, all three of my kids are different. Right. Um, so I had to kind of adjust my parenting to my kids because mm. if I spanked one of them, the other one was laughing right. when I spanked. And I'm like, hold up a minute. This isn't working. So I'd you be like, have you to- can get it too. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I know? gotta get a belt out for <laughs> yeah. this one. Yeah. The hand yeah. don't work. Yeah. So a lot of things like you have to adjust your parenting. And I think what really hurts is when you feel like you've, you didn't do a job, mm. you know? And mm. I think to, to mirror, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, where did I fail? So I think we have to take responsibility mm-hmm. as parents. Mm-hmm of why the kids are doing and acting out. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to listen when they actually talk of course. and quit saying, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know, you know, go talk to so-and-so That's like right. we can't push the issues. That's where we have to be very present mm-hmm. because these kids are going to feel rejected. They're going to feel unloved. They're not going to want to talk to you. And then you're going to wonder why mm-hmm. 10 years down the road, they're incarcerated. Or they got suicide or they got all these other things going on in their life. And so, again, but that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a very hard pill to get people to understand um, responsibility. We had a conversation about that. And, of course, it was kind of on some different stuff, but it's a very hard thing to do. So when you want to make change with kids, you have to make change with. You got to recognize where you got to change as a parent and do some healing mm-hmm. and do some responsibility taking ownership accountability okay so but and that again that's hard so it's not that it can't be done but if you had some pushback mm-hmm. from somebody a parent's like well i just don't agree with what you have to say and i just you know do you think that the kid is a lost cause no because or do you, we step in and kind of do like the big brother big sister type thing and we got to take these kids in on a different approach well, um, you know, depending on the scenario, sometimes I'll pull a, a parent aside so I don't front them off, so I'm not, like, overstepping their authority, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they don't feel belittled by the approach. I pull them aside, and I'll be like, I'll tell them some, some things that I observe mm. during the conversation, and I'll be like, what do you think about that? Use motivational interviewing skills with them. Mm. They have the answers, they yet they don't feel like they have a reason like I didn't at one point in time to produce positive change or to finally just manifest, you know, I know something needs to change. Oh, I could change it over here. I could change it over here, you know, over there. They don't feel comfortable or out of fear. They won't do it because of losing control, Mm -hmm. the parental control Mm -hmm. over that child. But that child is not going to remain a child. That child is going to someday become an adult. Mm -hmm. And if you want that child to be truly equipped you need to listen, like you said, to that child. You need to ask those questions. You need to 
not be so quick to to shoot them down right. or, or to, judge their situation or to exercise the hand right. you know because when they become a man that's all you taught them that's all they know right. and believe me they're watching mm-hmm. you'll see your kids emulate a lot of what you do yeah, just, no, and you'll be it like bothers me <laughs> yeah but that's some good stuff <laughs> I'm too. like damn that is me right there but I you never said oh that's so cute you know I right. do that you know what I mean right what yeah, if it was on a positive right. side yeah you gotta recognize that stuff I sing around a house my son he Aww. just turned two on the 21st of this month and he I catch him he'll just be playing and they'll just break out and sing so he's getting his chords ready right I, I don't understand every word he's saying right. but I'm, what I'm saying you know he's emulating something that's great right. Well, and I think, like you said before, you know, getting into leadership, getting into positions, Mm -hmm. you know, I just signed up with the Moda Center to, you know, get some volunteers to, because people always ask, how can I help? What can I do? And, and sometimes there's just nothing for the actual business, the cause. Um, We do a thing appointment based, Mm -hmm. you know, we're still really getting the the material out there. We're getting the guys in and, and we're just really working through it, especially with COVID. It's been a little restricted, but, um, you know, getting in this kind of partnership and getting people to come in and volunteer, Mm -hmm. um, it allows like this, you know, we're doing good things. We're participating and, and all this stuff. And, and I had to sit and look at my schedule. Like, I'm not just going to send people to go volunteer for elevate him. I got to show up. Mm. I have to be there. I have to be present because I love my business. That's right. I'm passionate about my business Mm -hmm. and I can't just, be like, okay, everything's cool. I'm gonna just be over here. Send a torpedo. Right, huh? I'm se- I'm going in setting that example. Right. You know, watch right. how I work. Watch how I move. Watch how I talk to people. If you're just not, you know, skilled that way, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the people that come forth, you know, really have those things because those are wonderful traits. But it's like you have to in leadership lead. That is correct. So I mean, if if you have. You know, and, and I think that's really great if we can get leaders, if we can get mentors, if we can and whatever happened to the Big Brother Club, I think I've asked that before. Whatever happened to Big Brothers Club? Wasn't it like a real thing? You can get partnered up with the kid. I mean I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a funding thing or it was a, a fad, seen and viewed as a fad and just phased right. out. I don't right. I'm not sure, but I know that we have things that are in place right now that mock that. Mm. Nobody gives them the props. You know, I, mm. I have to give it to them, you know. Um, there's a lot of people that call me big bro all the time or now pops. Cause I'm getting on up there. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you have like, grandbabies. Yeah, what, what happened to bro? What happened? Right. You know? But, um, they, you know, they call me pops of a big bro or, you know, unk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, all my friends, friends and their friends. And, and I know some of their, you know, parents and, and we kick it, you know, I think, I think that if people are listening, if they take the time to listen, First, they have to be real with themselves, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll help them be a better listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, slow to speak, quick to listen. Right. So you can learn, you know. Um, I- I'll give you a little story. We'll get a little scenario. So back in the days, it was hard for me to, you know, take people's advice because I had been misguided for so long. I was like, ah, mm. Then someone came alone, and I was like, oh, maybe I can, you know, listen, because they never, they were talking since. Everybody was gravitating towards them. They took a special interest in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my uh, mentors, Rob Richardson, and I name dropped because he's still prevalent in my life to this day. I'm having you to remember him. Yeah, I People remember, remember him. how you made them feel. That's right. And I was knee deep in my addiction of gangbanging. Okay. The cold thing about it is he would always talk to me in metaphors 
And so, so did my biological father. So I wound up doing the same, mm-hmm. <laughs> being metaphor, metaphorically speaking. And then just, you know, <laughs> right. like, Dang, you tied that together nicely. Right. That makes sense. So what I'm saying is always, it's always somebody watching and listening and waiting for their turn to do their part mm-hmm. if they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think a platform to invite people to have these open discussions without worrying about bullets coming through the walls or mm-hmm. things of that nature mm-hmm. is extremely important. I think that... A well, how gr- many more kids do we have to lose for leaders to lead or people to say, okay, I used to be an old OG, mm-hmm. been there, done that. I can't see this no more. No, I don't even th- I think it's... Uh, or the- whatever, like whatever goes on in someone's head when they when right. they have this come up, like what can... Shouldn't people be thinking, what can I do? I think that's they where I, I mean, be. that's where I had to start with my thing. It, it wasn't like, oh, I lost my brother. I need to, you know, just, you know, I'll put something together in his memory and, you know, and I'm going to heal. Right. It wasn't like that enchilant to me. Right. It was like, what impact can I make? Because I know he had to feel some type of way to make that big of a decision. He took his life. Mm-hmm. He took himself from me, his kids. That is huge. That is real huge. To make that that step. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, how many other men are suffering in mm-hmm. silence? How many other men are struggling with confidence? How many other men, like I said, let's go down this list, mm-hmm. who are dry, you know, go, dealing with drugs and alcohol, who are dealing with maybe a woman in their life that is refusing and just being a damn headache and won't let him be what he can be. Mm-hmm. When you start having people restrict you, mm-hmm. you, you only have two choices. You're either going to fight or you're going to dip. Especially if you have other people to answer to, like a warden, like a PO, like, you know. Uh, the cool thing about it is nobody else has to. But the reality of it, they will. Because not everybody is open to I just think there comes a time where some of the older individuals, you know, need to realize where they need growth, where they need growth yeah, to I be able to be a, to to more that. of an asset. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that, you got a lot of, you know, little children banging in grown men's bodies. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. They're 40 years old, but arrested development may have set in maybe when they were 14, 16 or somewhere around there when they got stole off the streets mm-hmm. from making bad decisions because they didn't have good examples. Right. So it's just a matter of, you know, you said it earlier, there's no one size fit all. Mm-hmm. There's no one size. You have to be in fluid. You have to be fluent in everybody's right. language. Well, from, it's just like our, our, our drink right here. Right. It, it's molding. Our liquid is molding to the mold. What's, what's going on, what it's keeping it in. Right. Right. We have to be more in tune with that stuff because if this had a hole in it, it makes a damn mess. It's all over the place. We can't catch it fast enough. Right. It's done. Right. And then it gets through the cracks, and then who knows what happens. And so we got to try to – I don't want to Band-Aid anything, though. Right. People right. like to do Band-Aids. People like to just have some temporary fix, and then it's, it's all fast. good. It's fast. It's right now. And it's out your. It's out my face. Let right. somebody else deal with you. Right. I get that part, too. But, but the, the facts are with these situations, these stats – these kids, mm-hmm. everything that, you know, comes along. Like you said, you got these little boys. Thank I mean, I had a list spots. of them when I was, um, when I was approaching a list for, um, I think it might've been OIA 
because uh, I, I want to try to do some partnering with them. We had mm-hmm. had some meetings and whatnot. So again, COVID, but we had moved along some stuff. And um, it was crazy. The list that I had printed out, there was not one of them that was 18. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. these 15-year-olds were looking at 30 years. The wave of the future. And so when you think about, you know, institutionalizing mm-hmm. and you don't have certain skills to begin with. That's correct. And then you go into an institution, which really isn't going to give you much. You're angry. You still got a lot of shit to deal with. Mm. You got all these things going on. Mm. You're restricted. You know, you're restricted. You got to do that. I mean, like now you're told, like you said, what to do now. There's some things that you can't do mm. and you don't like that. You don't like that authority. But then you get out. If you do, mm-hmm. and you have a society that's like, oh, hey. you never experienced as a full. We don't know what adult. you're doing. So where's the mental mm. capacity in all of that? So uh, I, there's, there's, no, um, there's no compassion for one mm-hmm. when you're confined, when you're in confinement. If you don't have a strong mind, some type of foundation to run off of, you know, it's, it's just hard to, to get that mm-hmm. once you go in as a child and come out as an adult, you know. It's physically, mm-hmm. it's hard to get that. And that's why you have people coming out looking at these little young ladies like they're older because the rest of development, they went in when they was 15, so now they come out and they look at somebody that's 15, oh, man, you know, not everybody's like that, right. but that's why. But you can see how that could be. Yeah, contributes to right. things of Some that of nature. those natures, yeah. I just think that, you know, if we're fluent in, in one another's language, which means consistently mm-hmm. communicating mm-hmm with the young and the old and bringing them together and having these type of topics of discussion, reinstilling the values, the morals, things of that nature. Your neighbor, if he's an elder, go cut the yard. You know what I mean? Right. Go cut the yard for him. Um, we talked about programs starting that back up, just going around to our elderly individuals' houses, especially that mm-hmm. have been affected by the gentrification, mm-hmm. and just ask them, you know, you want your yard cut? Free. Free. Free of money, should I say. Mm-hmm. But compensated with morals and good deeds giving it you know restoring the values back into a community mm-hmm. how it used to be ran you know i could go to school and all the way down the block people be like that was before your time no it wasn't all the way down the block i knew almost everybody every every mm-hmm. child every parent because we played we didn't just play on our phones right. or definitely atari and i'm not frowning down on those that do because you know if you're a killer i'd rather have you you know what i mean <laughs> playing on your phone or something keep right. yourself occupied you know right, right um but if you're if you're wanting to grow and make a difference sometimes if it isn't broke it, it, it doesn't need fixing let's right. go revisit some of what we right. used to do hey what's up it's nicole brewster also known as coco thank you for tapping into the elevate him podcast until next time